We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by MyBookie and Roman. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Matt, we've got like a pretty uh, underrated sports night tonight. You know, we've got an NFL game going. Uh, granted, not expected to be a particularly competitive one. Yep. But we've also got day two of the President's Cup. So I'm curious, what's on TV at the Jones household? Uh, yeah, no, I, I have a I have a split screen going right now. I got both of those up. Ooh, um, split screen. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, I we, we try to we try to stay up to date on all things non-NBA related. So, um it's good. Yeah. My two favorite things happening at the same time is uh, it's it's a good it's a good night for me. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, do we think the American team can make a comeback? It's it's early, but, you know, four one seems like a pretty big deficit. But, you know, the American team obviously has uh, it, it would appear to be more talented on paper. So what are your what are your early prognostications here for me? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I put a uh, a rather sizable bet on the United States of America. So I'm kind of hoping that this, uh, this doesn't backfire. Um, but yeah, like just a really, really poor decision on my part. Um, yeah, they, they, they jumped out to an early lead, but it's, it's definitely not over. Um, right now it's, it's like two, two and one, um, through like the first, you know, the the first match is through six holes, so we're uh, we we got a couple flags facing our direction, so we got to uh, we're gonna need to turn a couple more of those though. Yeah, we a, a three three and two 
uh, win by the U.S. tonight would make me feel pretty good uh, about their about their uh, prospects moving forward. If they lose today, though, it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding. Now, not to make this all about golf, but I am. <laughs> Everybody don't. Like, I generally what? don't know. Is the weekend just straight individual match play, or is that just Sunday? Um, no. So tomorrow is. Uh, I guess that's Friday, our time, Saturday, their time, is a split day, uh, four ball in the morning and foursomes in the afternoon, four matches apiece. And then Sunday, there is just all singles. Uh, everybody everybody has to play on Sunday. Right. Okay, that's just match. like the Ryder Cup, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a couple small tweaks in the format, but it's basically the same idea. Right, I just meant for the last day. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, Every thank you. Thank you for uh, saving me from having to look that up myself. Sure. All right. Before we transition to week 15 NFL, want to just remind you guys about Rotoviz Patreon. We're heading towards the fantasy playoffs. We are already there in most leagues. If you were lucky enough to make the playoffs and you're looking for that final little edge to get you that league championship, make sure to, t- to check out Rotoviz Patreon. It gives you access to the Road of His Radio Slack channel where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Once again, patreon.com slash Road of His Radio. And speaking of exclusives, as a podcast listener, you can get 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. It's available through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, you'll get access through the playoffs and the best time of year for Rotoviz, in my opinion, the NFL draft. If you're in dynasty leagues, if you like, you know, digging through and doing your research on, on the incoming crop of rookies, Nobody does that better than Rotoviz, in my opinion. So head over to rotoviz.com slash podcast and check out that 10% discount. Okay, let's go to the quarterback position. No Lamar Jackson this week. He is playing on Thursday night. So we have Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson at the top. Uh, Mahomes is 7100 on DK. Wilson is 7K. So essentially the same price on both guys. Are either player cash viable for you? And how are you approaching these dudes in GPPs? Um, I th- I think you can go there and cash like if you really really feel the urge. I'm I don't think I'm going to. Um, right now Mahomes is obviously like you said the most expensive guy on the slate. He's had three straight uh, like QB two finishes in DraftKings scoring, um, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, it it seems like they're not really like passing as much. He's averaging. Uh, under 300 passing air yards uh, over the past four weeks compared to uh, like right around 400 uh, in the first seven games. So with the the game that we're kind of expecting them to to be in this week, I don't know that they're necessarily going to have to uh, have to really throw it a, a ton. So I'm kind of I don't know, like you can stack them in GPPs for sure, but I don't really feel like it's, you know, Lamar level, I need to need to lock him in. And it's kind of the same thing for Wilson. Like it's been it's been not great. <laughs> like he hasn't looked he hasn't looked solid recently. Um, what has he had? Like five. He's had sub 12 points in two of his past three weeks. 
Yeah, so. and even across the whole season, he's only had five QB1 finishes. Like, that's that's not, you know, he's averaging over 22 and a half DraftKings points. So you see that on, you know, in his little box on DraftKings and you're like, oh, like he's doing fine. But a, a lot of those kind of came in bunches and he he's not really he's not really running a ton. And they're just they're not they're not they're not as efficient as you have sort of come to expect from from a Russell Wilson led offense. So, again, I, I don't think that you're like these are not like automatic just fades. I'm not playing them, but I definitely don't feel the the need to uh, to go in on cash. Yeah, I mean, to me, Russ is never a cash play. Like, as good as he is, the situation that he plays in is just not, it doesn't lend itself for cash game consistent success. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's always a GPP target for me. Like, he has QB1 overall upside, and, you know, he's only projected right now for sub 5% ownership. To me, that makes him a, an appealing GPP target, but the floor is just too low on a weekly basis to target him in cash. I think Mahomes is the more interesting option this week. You know, if if you are a game log chaser, you look and you see, you know, 15 points, 19.5 and 16 the past three weeks. But there have been, you know, like extenuating circumstances in those games. Like the Patriots, we know how good their passing defense is. So um, it's not a huge shock to me that he wasn't successful in the game. The Raiders, he was barely on the field. The defense scored a touchdown, uh, and they ended up winning that game by 31 points. So, right. like, there there are excuses. The, the game against the Chargers, not so much of an excuse. But, like, we can, we can come up with reasons why Mahomes, you know, has struggled the past couple of weeks. So, I'm fine with going back to the well with him. The only problem is that Denver is also not a particularly good matchup. So, uh, they do have the second highest implied team total of the week, Kansas City. I think that GPP exposure is fine, but like you said, I don't think that this is a week where you really need to pay up at the quarterback position. Yeah. So Jameis Winston is just one step down. He's 6,900. He uh, has not been practicing this week, at least with a football, uh, whatever that means. But there are plenty (laughs) of interesting options in the 6K range. Who do you like here? Are you going with Jameis Winston with a broken thumb somehow or... Is there somebody else who stands out as a better play? I mean, it is worth noting that he did throw a tennis ball in Wednesday's practice. So there, <laughs> there's that. He's good, moving up. Maybe he'll be up good, to a softball next Good week. for you, Jameis. <laughs> um, no, that's uh, like it, he would be firmly in play, obviously. Um, maybe this depresses his ownership and makes him a, a good GPP play and they're just being super cautious. I don't know. I don't really like playing those games and I am... Uh, you know, I've said it a couple times uh, over the past few weeks now. I've really been limiting myself to three lineups, so there's just no there's no shot that I'm going to get him in in one of my three lineups. Uh, so that's not going to happen. Um, I think the more the more popular plays in this range will probably end up being Watson and Tannehill. Um, Tannehill is like the god. I don't know. He's like Peyton all of a sudden. Um, on pretty low volume, like last week he threw it. I think 27 times, but Coming into that game, he had only I don't think he threw more than like 20 or 22 times in a game. So um, that's what they want to do, right? Like they want to run. They don't want him to have to throw the ball. But A.J. Brown has sort of uh, made Tannehill 
uh, like a thing all of a sudden, even though he's been bad for like seven years. Um, I don't want to play Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so um, I don't think I'm going to end up doing that. I, I, I really do like uh, Watson on the other side of that game. Um, you know, whatever you want to call it, bounce back spot, whatever he that it, as a team, obviously he, he still put up 30 DraftKings points, uh, last week. So, you know, I, I think that he's always in play. We talk about him a lot. Um, he rushed, uh, quite a bit last week too. He had 44 rushing yards for the, he, for the first time in like six weeks, seven weeks. Um, so I think Watson's probably my favorite, uh, like sort of cash viable play in the 6k range but i think i'm probably going cheaper for cash this week yeah watson is certainly fine uh i don't love targeting you know guys that are playing tennessee but tennessee has also been playing like more of a up-tempo shootout type style recently like and i guess that happens when you have an elite quarterback like ryan Tannehill back there Uh, well obviously you gotta you have to unleash him if you got him the guy that I'm looking at, and he's not popping as like a particularly popular play this week, but I just don't understand why Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the chalk at 6100. Because like, he's not good. They're playing in. <laughs> they're playing a great matchup against the Falcons. Yeah, they have the highest implied team total of the week. 6100 dollars salary on DraftKings gives him a bargain rating of 98. Uh, and I looked it up. Quarterbacks that are playing at home with a comparable bargain rating, comparable implied team total. They've historically averaged more than four points above salary-based expectations. So, like, as far as spots go, it's an elite spot for him. I know that San Francisco has a tendency to want to run the ball, but, like, Garoppolo has had some really good weeks. He's gone over 31 in three of the past six weeks. Now, granted, the other games have not been pretty. He has yeah. like a, a 10 point outing against the Ravens, but like these, the quote unquote smash spots, the ones where you would expect him to play well against Arizona, for example, he has delivered. So I think that this is a, uh, like certainly a GPP target, but I think he's cheap enough that I like him in cash as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it kind of just depends on what, how you think this game is going to go. Like I definitely get what you're saying about Arizona. I think that game was probably more competitive than we, than we probably thought going into it. Right. Um, He's he's played Arizona twice in the past six weeks and he's gotten over 30 against them both times. So yeah, both of those games were were somewhat competitive. Yes. I hear even, even the, even the second time they, you know, they ended up winning by 10, but that was not, that was not indicative of how the how the game sort of flowed. And in the slow, you know, the slower games, uh, the slower game against Baltimore, where they really were just, uh, you know, content, just taking the air completely out of the ball. Um, and then when they they got ahead on Green Bay and just had no interest in doing anything else uh, but run the ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't think I could trust him in cash for those reasons. Um you know, like he he also put up seven points against the Redskins. Like, so it, <laughs> he hasn't like, I don't know. I think his floor is kind of gross, but I hear uh, what you're saying. It's definitely a, a risky cash play, but certainly I think he makes a lot of sense in tournament. Yeah, for sure. The the ceiling, you know, I joke. Well, I don't joke. I actually do think that he's not quarterback, but he has he has shown that he has a ceiling uh, given, you know, when every every single thing 
possible goes right for him. So um, it's definitely in his in his range of outcomes, I guess. <laughs> Man, you hate him, huh? I hate him so much. <laughs> what does the guy have to do? He, all he's ever done is win football games. Anyway, yeah, that's not a that's not a thing that moves the needle. <laughs> <laughs> I will Tebow say won that football games too. <laughs> fair point. Uh, San Fran, <laughs> I think that this is like a clear look ahead spot for them. You know, coming off of that big win against the Saints, and then they wrap up the season with the Rams and the Seahawks. Like, I definitely don't think we get their A plus game this week. Probably not even like their B plus game. So, if that's a, if you think that the game environment, like Atlanta needing to keep this game close, is ultimately a good thing for Garoppolo, I do think Atlanta will hang in this game a little bit more than some people might think. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And I think that goes for you know, a, a check in your column. I think if that's what you think this game is going to be, then I think for sure if he throws a few extra times than the spread would suggest, then for sure that I think he has a ceiling. All right, let's move down another tier. There are definitely some viable options below 6K this week. So who are you looking at in this price range? Oh, man, it's it, it might be Kyler week. I think so. Um, I mean, 5,600, I think, is just... Egregious. egregious yeah um obviously you know we've seen like these you know these growing pains or whatever the last couple of weeks he was hampered by hamstring two weeks ago um and i think it was it, from watching you know parts of the game on red zone i think it was pretty obvious that he wasn't at you know at his full capacity um he looked a little bit better uh just as far as like moving around last week um but the steelers did a number on him still like they picked him off i think three times the Steelers um, defense doesn't get enough credit for being like a really, really good unit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it, and like I said, it, it's you're going to get these games from him. And yeah, his his ceiling might not or his floor rather might not be exactly what we would, uh, you know, necessarily want. But for fifty six hundred, I think I think you can deal with that a little bit better than if you're, you know, putting a wing and a prayer on Jameis Winston's thumb at 6,900. Like, you know, like that's the decisions we're talking about. So I think that I think Kyler is in, uh, is in a pretty good spot this week. His, his like volume hasn't really changed at all. As far as passing, like his, his total expected points over the past four games is exactly the same as it was for, you know, the eight or I guess nine games leading into that. So it's not like they're not throwing the ball. It's not like he's not rushing. That just the efficiency has gone down a little bit. So um, uh, I'm good on betting that that comes back up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like Arizona has cooled off since the start of the season. You know, like in the beginning of the year, they were like an 80% pass rate type team. They have come right. down. They're much more middle of the pack now, especially like in one score games. But I hear what you're saying. It's it's way too cheap, and the matchup is not scary this week like it right. was last week. So I'm fine with uh with going to the well there with Kyler. But I do think you have some pivots if you want for GPPs. Like I think Derek Carr is viable. Jacksonville is completely done. They have mailed it in this season. Yeah, yeah. they have no interest in playing football anymore. Uh, I, Oakland is you know maybe in the same boat. They got crushed last week by the Titans, but you know, I do think that Derek Carr at least is still going to try and play football. And then of course we have Eli Manning at 5,200 going up against the Miami Dolphins at home. 
I mean, come on. Eli was bad last week, and the Eagles don't have a particularly <laughs> good defense either, but 5200 like, it's hard to, to knock that price tag. Yeah, I mean, he he completed 15 passes and still scored 16 DraftKings points, so... Yeah. Um, any like GPP flyer guys that you want to mention real quick? No, nah, I think that's, I think that's everybody I'm, uh, I'm willing to play this week. I mean, well, actually, no, I lied. So if for some, if somehow, uh, the, the Dolphins, like any of the wide receivers are cleared to play this weekend, um, then I think you could, I think you could play Fitzpatrick. Uh, at 6,200, I don't think he'll be terribly owned. I think people might go more towards Dak uh, in the same, basically the same price. Um, but right now, like Parker, Wilson, I think they're both in the concussion protocol. Um, Hearns has a banged up knee. Like they're just, the, the wide receiver room is just held together by like bubblegum and popsicle sticks right now. So hopefully um, if one or two of those guys end up being active, then I think you could play Fitzpatrick in a stack. But um, other than that, I'm not touching anybody. I'm going to throw out Tom Brady again this week. <laughs> you just you just want <laughs> this to be a thing that happens so bad. <laughs> he let me down last week, no doubt about it. But this week, it's it's Cincinnati. And I'm there's done. a real chance that Tom Brady just sucks now. Yeah, there's a chance, sure. But you know what? Like. He has been fine early in the season, you know? What, what's his price? I, I don't have... I he's switched six, off quarterback. He's 6K. And here's the thing, I'm, Jones. I'm not co-signing this. Here's the thing. They got caught cheating again. And nothing galvanizes the Patriots like a potential cheating scandal. Oh, my God. First, the look-ahead game, and now the galvanized team. You're really, you're really pushing me on these narratives tonight. I... Well, first of all, look-ahead game is a real thing. That's not a narrative. Oh my that's God. that's a sports betting, just mwah, chef's kiss situation. Like, if you're not looking at those when you're when you're checking out sports bets, you're doing it wrong, my friend. Oh man, I love you. Never change, Matt. Never change. <laughs> if I haven't by now, odds are I won't. <laughs> Before we move on to running back, let's talk about our friends over at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I rostered Tom Brady in cash again this week. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, unlike Sony Michelle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and just take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Once again, GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, running back. Christian McCaffrey still priced at the top of the spectrum, but 
a relative bargain now, 10K. Uh, he is coming off another subpar game. That makes two in a row where he failed to uh, to hit salary-based expectations. But he still had 24.5 points last week. It's not like he was that disappointing. He had 11 catches. He didn't manage to get it going on the ground. He didn't find the end zone. But that's basically what you get from him. So, Jones, I feel like a broken record asking you every week your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. But once again, here we are. What are your thoughts on on Christian McCaffrey? I think he's going to be in every single one of my lineups again this week. <laughs> I think he was, I, I think there was some like, I guess, hesitation with, you know, Perry Fuel, who's like a noted jackass um, <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking over. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bonifon got a carry like relatively early in the game. And I was just kind of like, Oh, like he is like he's as dumb as advertised. Like, and I'm a Giants fan. He he was on the Giants staff, and I'm like, oh my god! Like he's actually like this is actually a thing that's about to happen. Like he's going to on purpose take away, you know, touches from uh <laughs> from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, luckily that literally amounted to nothing. I think he had yeah he had the second carry of the game. And he didn't touch the ball the rest of the game. So thank you. <laughs> Maybe he was God sending a message. <laughs> yeah. It just oof. Yeah. McCaffrey lost a yard on the first play and he just had to had to give him the quick hook real quick. <clears throat> um no, I'm just playing Christian McCaffrey. This is this is silly. He had twenty three he had a, he had twelve targets last week. He had twenty three touches. I'm just doing it. All right. I'm with you. I, I don't think we need to get into that any further. Let's go down a tier, and the price that jumps out here is Saquon Barkley at 7700 If you would have told me in August that Barkley was going to be 7700 at any point this year, I would have said that you were crazy, but here we are, and it's valid, right? Like, only 20 DK points or more in one of his last seven games. You know, now he's playing with Eli Manning, which, you know, you can take that for whatever you want for his fantasy value, but does have a matchup against the Dolphins. So is this finally the week that we can go back to Saquon Barkley? Or is there somebody else in this, you know, 7,500 and up price range that you prefer? I mean, first of all, Daniel Jones is also like hot garbage. So definitely bad, but at least he's like an athletic bad, you know? Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I, I think at best, this is a lateral move. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about Eli. I am concerned about Saquon. He's not he is not looking like the same dude uh, from last year, obviously. Um, I thought he was like, pretty wiggly against the Eagles, but like he needed yeah. to make two or three guys miss just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Right. And for for sure, this is not this is not all his fault. I, I don't think that the. I don't think the offensive line is is that much worse this year. Uh, I could I could be wrong, but it, it, regardless of all of that, like he's getting opportunities he, in his last seven games, he's seen twenty opportunities in six of them. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to get away from him at that price. But like, if you're if you watch it, like you're not going to like it. <laughs> like there's, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I'm not like really, I'm not a matchups person. Maybe Miami is bad enough that, that they, he can just get there no matter what against them. I don't think that that's true. 
Um, I think it has a lot more to do with their offense and how uh, how poorly it's just sort of functioned as a unit. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I'm going to have a hard time clicking on his name in you know one of my three lineups. I really don't think that I'm going to get there in cash. Yeah, I think he's probably a fade for me in tournaments if he's going to check in you know, with the highest ownership of the week. And I think that there's a chance that that happens. Does so, What does Labs have him at right now? Like 25? Uh, yeah, 26 to 30%. Him and McCaffrey yeah. are both projected for that uh, ownership level. <laughs> no. Um, no, and, and Miami has been bad this year, right? In terms of rush defense DVOA, they're 29th, which is not good, but... Running backs are not exactly smashing against them either. So, you know, they the opponent plus minus for Saquon this week is a negative number, which, you know, maybe they're just so bad that backup running backs are getting too much work against them. I don't know. But I'm trusting the numbers here for labs. Like, as good as the matchup seems on paper, maybe it's not as good as we think. So, And you would... You would think that if they're, you know, I mean, they've been more competitive of late, but you would think that at least for the beginning part of the season when they were just getting, you know, just crapped all over that uh, at like every running back would get there on them. So that that is interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I think I think there's enough risk involved that the ownership is is scary for me. And I think it's one of those things where if you're if you're building a cash lineup and you avoid him. Uh, you're going to be facing a pretty heavy dose of him. And if even if he, like, only a smash from him will kill you. Yeah. I think there's enough options uh, that are close enough that, like, him just putting up, like, 19 or something isn't going to destroy your chances this week, even in cash, if you don't have him. Right. Like, I think that Chris Carson for $200 cheaper is a better play. Infinitely yeah. better. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. with Rashad Penny, no hurt, Penny. Yep, I would much rather go with Chris Carson at seventy five hundred. I think he. I mean, it's not like Carson's going to be low owned by any stretch, but I think that's like an obvious pivot for me. Yep. Yeah, that's where that's where I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. So same page there. Oh, and Finau dropping, throwing darts right now. <laughs> Let's go, Tony. And uh, um, by the way, this is the week apparently that Lamar and Ingram stack is going to work when I don't play showdown. So that's fun. Have, are they already just murdering the Jets? Well, it's seven nothing and Ingram just had a touchdown. So this is like and there's there's five minutes left in the first quarter and they have the ball back and the Jets just got a field goal blocked a moment ago. So great. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's press on here. Let's go down yeah. a tier at running back. Let's do it. Uh, Todd Gurley is kind of showing up as the the chalk in this 5K to 7K range. What are your thoughts on Gurley? Anybody else that you like a little bit more? I mean, there there's really not a shot that I'm that I'm paying American dollars for for Todd Gurley. <laughs> what about Canadian? I just I just really <laughs> I have no interest like this is one of those things. And I, I know he you know, he got all the work. He he was on the field for. I don't know, probably close to 80, maybe 80% of the snaps last week. Um, 56 out of 70, whatever that number works out to. Sounds like about 80. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, like, I I don't know. Are, are they just, it, Does are his knees not arthritic anymore? Like, are they just going to run him into the ground for the rest of the season? Like, he's had, 
He had 19 carries against Arizona and 23 last week. Um, Maybe somebody pointed out the dumbest stat, which is that if Todd Gurley gets 20 carries in a game, they tend to win. Well, yeah, that was the <laughs> that was the Greg Bell uh, article last week uh, about about Todd Gurley. It literally was they they wrote about it before the Seahawks game. Um, yeah, no, like I'm I'm all set on Todd Gurley. Like it's 2019. I'm like I'm all good. I, I don't really I don't really love um, I don't really love this range a ton. Like I think that you could you could maybe make the case. And I know whatever, it's probably not the best matchup in the world, but I think you could probably go back to Gordon if you wanted to in a tournament. Uh, definitely not cash. I, I don't really like this range at all for cash. Um, I don't know, unless I'm unless I'm just completely missing somebody. Yeah, I mean, Jacobs is, is tough right now just because of the injury situation. But, like, if I knew I was getting 20 carries from him, against Jacksonville, I would be all in on him at 7K because, like I said, Jacksonville is quitting and Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the league, at least as a, a pure runner. So right. I would love that situation, but we have to uh, we have to be a little bit cautious there. I- I'm interested in Philip Lindsay at 5,600. Again, for cash, so, you're saying? Eh, I think I think I would be okay with that. There are some yeah. potential game script concerns, but He's been getting the, you know, the pretty much the the brunt of the workload here for the Broncos recently, and the Chiefs are just an abysmal run defense. So I think he's fine. I would say the the safest guy in this range is probably James White at fifty four hundred. Uh, I know that you guys you've been making fun of my love for the Patriots, but he's he's so involved <laughs> in the passing game, and they're they've started to realize that Sony Michelle is just hot garbage yeah so white, so that actually, I can agree with. white actually got some carries last week which like he almost never gets carries but he had 14 in week uh 13 and he had six last week like <laughs> add that into his passing work and i think that that's pretty good for a 5400 price tag yeah yeah uh i mean i guess you can tell yourself that story and i i think that I think Mostert is going to be um, overowned this week at two hundred dollars cheaper. So I do, I do understand just sort of like the ownership, uh, you know, like the leverage kind of play uh, as far as like a price pivot goes. I, I get it. I, I'm again, I'm making three lineups, so I don't think I'm going to get there. But I do understand like if you're making ten or twenty lineups, I think it's a it's a pretty solid play to have White in one or two of those. I, I get it. Yeah, the mustard like hype. Too. The mustard hype is real right now. <laughs> and Shanahan's um, talking him up like it's a it's a whole thing. And the dude is just not like you're not going to run like that forever. Like the the efficiency is just completely off the charts right now. He's he's not seen, you know, like the the work the type of workload that you would expect um, for his point output. Like he's seen over the past, uh, I guess, three weeks. He's seen the same amount of rushing expected points as Frank Gore. And he's yeah. just hyper efficient. Like he he only has like six fewer fantasy points over expectation than Derrick Henry right now. And you know how pure Derrick Henry's been running. <laughs> so I'm like, if 
dude, like if if a Mostert Henry lineup beats me, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to be okay with it because there's no way I can get there with these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's very he's very tempting because there is a chance that he's just good, right? Like, oh, I think is, he's definitely good. He's popping in in like all the efficiency metrics. Is he this good? Is the question because like. I saw something and I'm trying to find it right now, but I can't. But he's averaged over six yards per carry this season on a hundred touches, and like the only guys in NFL history who ha- that have done that for a full season have been like Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, uh, and I can't remember the third one. But it's like a very select list. Yeah. So you either have to decide that Mostert is like of that quality. Or he gets a boost in volume this week, and he has been running as the one, and Kyle Shanahan said that he has earned that job. But, like, there are still a bunch of questions with him. So I'm not saying that I'm not playing him. I do think that, like, if he does become, you know, the the feature back there, he has uh, upside of 5,200. But it also wouldn't shock me if he becomes just like a 1A to a 1B for Matt Breida or Tevin Coleman and... You know, if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to disappoint at his current salary. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap it up with some real, real true punt plays. Anybody, you know, sub 5K that you think is interesting? I mean, of I mean, course, Patrick Laird is in this price range. Uh, so obviously, it's I think our, as fantasy analysts, we're obligated to talk about him. Um. Yeah, I, I think I mean, all jokes aside like that he he's been getting the work right like he's had double digit carries he's had at least five targets in each of the last two games like there's nobody else there and especially this week you know I I talked about maybe playing Fitzpatrick if some of those wide receivers end up being active which is looking less and less likely right now if they're they're not gonna play I mean you're you're talking about just utter utter scrubs left in Miami like they didn't have they didn't have that much talent to begin with, and now everybody's hurt. Like you're talking about Isaiah Ford, Isaiah Ford, and yeah. and I think Mac Hollins is over there now. Um, <laughs> like just just real real bargain basement guys. So um, yeah, I th- I think Laird is firmly in play, especially with those wide receivers out. Um, I don't know that there's really is there anybody else that's like super cheap that's that's getting your attention. I'm still in on Jamal Williams. I know that last week was the Aaron Jones week, but uh, I think that that matchup like always kind of set up well for Jones. I think this is more of a Jamal Williams type week where you need some of that pass catching from the running back. So I think he's interesting at 4,200. And if you want to go real deep, I almost like feel bad about saying this because I think it's a little bit irresponsible. But I, I hope it's who I think it is. I think I'm going to have some David Johnson this week at 4,500. It wasn't who I thought it was going to be, but that, but that's sufficiently gross. Also, <laughs> Kenyon Drake's uh, rushing market share has dropped from like 88 percent to 80 percent to 67 percent last week, while yeah. Johnson's has risen each of the past three weeks. Uh, Kenyon Drake has been trash, and I think we kind of know that he is trash. David Johnson. Probably still pretty good at football. Maybe he's just so banged up at this point that he's not the same player that he was in his prime. But like, it would not shock me if eventually DJ earns the featured role back, right? Like, yeah. there's a reason this guy was a, a 
top five fantasy pick this season. So the fact that I can get him for the same price tag as Patrick Laird, who I had never even heard of until four or five weeks ago, I think DJ's intriguing and he's going to be like a legit 1% play. So if you're looking for a, you know, a Millie maker, true differentiator for your lineup, I think that that could, uh, could be your guy again. It's a weak endorsement, right? Like it could, things could just stay status quo and DJ could be, you know, getting four or five touches, but I'm just kind of forecasting that eventually if Kenyon Drake continues to stink and DJ outperforms him on a per touch basis, he's going to win his job back. So maybe that happens this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I get it. You don't have to add anything to that. All right. (laughs) I don't really want to be associated with this. Any uh anybody else you want to throw in before we move on? Uh no. All right. I think we're good. Wide receiver then. No Michael Thomas this week, so DeAndre Hopkins becomes the most expensive guy at the position at 8k. Texans are headed to Tennessee after getting just run out of the building by the Denver Broncos last week. What are your thoughts on DeAndre? Yeah, he's he's a lock in all three of my lineups. Um, he's like, he's as obvious as Christian McCaffrey this week. Like there's not, there's nothing, I don't think anything could change from now until Sunday to get me off of him. And if, if Fuller ends up being inactive, then that's even better. Wow. That's, uh, that's strong. I mean, if you say something about a matchup, I am walking off of this show matchup. <laughs> uh no, I like listen, I agree with you. He had 13 targets last week. Their receiving core is banged up and DeAndre Hopkins is pretty good. So, I'm not going to fight you on DeAndre, but like saying that he's a smash lock, I don't know if I feel that strongly. So, that's all I'm saying. You're incorrect, sir. Let's uh let's let's drop <laughs> down to the 7k tier. We've got, you know, a banged up Julio to a Chris Godwin playing without Mike Evans. Who in this 7K range are you feeling this week? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the two probably most popular options are going to be Godwin and Galladay right in that game. Um, I don't know. Is that true? Does, does Labs have it uh, uh, that way? Yes. they Right now they have Hopkins and Godwin projected for the same ownership, and then it's a step down to Galladay and Tyreek Hill. Okay, yeah. So reasonably popular. I think in tournaments you're gonna see a lot of um a lot of both Godwin and Galladay. I don't know necessarily how the cash ownership will shake out necessarily, but I think Galladay makes some sense. He saw more targets last week. He he had eight targets um in last week's game, which he he had seen a little bit of a dip, like I think he saw fourteen targets in the three prior games. Um, so I was, I was a little concerned about him personally. I wrote up, um, I wrote that up like during that stretch. I just, I was a little worried about the workload, but they're just Marvin Jones is on IR. Like they're gonna, they're just going to force feed Galladay. So if his ownership doesn't get out of control, I think that he makes sense. I'll probably have him in one of my single entry teams. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What, what are you, what do you make of Hill? Cause I, I don't feel nearly uh, as enthusiastic as I used to. Like, I know he sort of has developed this floor of like 15 points, but he hasn't really had um, 
or actually not even like he had he had 10 and 13 the last couple of weeks i don't know like yeah, what, are, we what do you said think? mahomes has struggled the last two weeks so i i think it's natural if you expect some progression from mahomes you get some from hill as well so i think the fact that he has now developed a little bit of a floor makes him my my favorite play in this price range because we know about the ceiling like the ceiling is still elite i mean we're talking about Three or four weeks ago, he had 19 targets. So if we get into a game where Mahomes performs a little bit better as a passer uh, or there's more volume, I think Hill becomes a really strong play at 7,500. I'm a little bit more concerned about Godwin and Galladay because one of them is playing with a quarterback who has a broken thumb and the other one is playing with a quarterback named Blau. So, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm not super in on on Godwin personally. Uh, I also think that Julian Edelman just continues to be overlooked slash disrespected yeah. Every at 7,100. Like, the guy has now racked up eight straight games with double-digit targets. Uh, you know he's a lock for somewhere between, like, seven and ten catches, and it's just a question of whether or not he's going to find the end zone. So, right. like, from a pure cash game perspective, I think he might be the best pure value amongst all of these high-priced wide receivers. Yeah, I think... I think he is the the only Patriot that's going to that's going to find his way into my lineups. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he was super obvious last week, right? Like and he he didn't disappoint like he doesn't come off the field. And realistically, it's just a bunch of garbage like in their wide receiver room outside of him. Like it doesn't look as much as, you know, I'm kind of being facetious. Well, I'm not again, I'm not being facetious like Tom Brady looks bad, but does he look like he trusts anybody but Edelman and James White when he's throwing the ball? Like, there's no wide receivers that he trusts outside of Edelman. I don't uh, think. Des- deservedly so. <laughs> right, no, for sure. But, I mean, like, there's no, th- there's nobody else. Like, there's nobody to throw to. So, it's just, it's, it's a tough scene for everybody else. And Crowder just dropped a, like, when I tell you wide open, like you might be closer to me right now in this on this earth than the nearest defender <laughs> to Jamison Crowder. And he I, literally just dropped. He just spiked the ball before he caught it. That was brutal. I'm in a I'm in a group chat with two of my friends and they I saw them texting about it. So I can only imagine how bad it was. <laughs> so bad. He sucks. He had nine, nine targets for eight yards a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, so that that's how I'm attacking that range. I do think I'll have a Galladay. Uh, share out of my three um and i'll definitely have at least one edelman got like Jameis is gonna have to throw a real football tomorrow for me to for me to even consider godwin if he's like if he's only up to like nerf balls or or baseballs or softballs or something then i'm i'm not in yeah i i would probably rather go with the tampa bay value guys as opposed to godwin so yeah I mean, we'll we'll talk about them in a second. But first, let's move on to the mid-range. Who in the, you know, like 5,500 to 7K range, like who stands out to you there? Uh, I think I mentioned him earlier. I think A.J. Brown um, is kind of separating himself from definitely from a lot of the other, uh, you know, young wide receivers right now. He's put up a couple of really great games over the last three weeks. Um you know, he's tied, obviously, to to Tannehill and and that could all come crashing down at some point. But for 6K, the volume that he's getting, I think that they're probably going to have to uh, even throw a little bit more. I'm hoping that 
his targets start leaning more towards like seven and eight rather than, you know, four and five. Uh, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's probably one of my favorites this week in that range. Yeah. I'm looking at the Cleveland guys. I want to see, you know, which one of them ends up being available. Both of them end up being available, but, uh, I've been riding like the Jarvis Landry train because he's been better than Odell recently. And he, he had been cheaper prior to this week. Right. Uh, now he's the more expensive one. Odell is down at 6,400. If Odell's active, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to not play him at that price tag against Arizona. So that's a situation I'm definitely keeping my eye on. I'm monitoring what's going on in Cleveland. Uh, Robert Woods, 6,200, also definitely very viable for me. And I, it's not a Matt LaMarca podcast unless I mentioned the god Cortland Sutton. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in on I'm in on Sutton too. All right, let's go to the real cheapies. Who do we like? You know, in this like sub five k type range. Um, I think that I think Amendola is is reasonable at forty one hundred. He saw yes. eight targets last week as well, um, or actually each of the last two weeks. Um, so I think you can I think you could definitely uh, play a little bit of him. My my question to you, sir, is what. Are you, if anything, I know you said Jacksonville has given up. Are you interested in any of their cheapies or? Yeah, I I think I am. Yeah. I think, you know, like the Tampa Bay situation might draw a little bit of attention away from the Jacksonville guys. Yeah. So, and they're all like dirt cheap. Like, you know, Westbrook is 4,600 and he's the most expensive option of the guy. Like you can get Keelan Cole literally at the minimum. Right. So. I think and there's, it's a situation against the, an Oakland team. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be interested in that. Yeah, and there's a, I think it's probably a a small chance, but there is a chance that Westbrook doesn't play. Um, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. He popped up on the injury report with a neck and a shoulder. Um, and it's looking sort of less likely that DJ Chark is going to play. So, like, just... Just give me give me one of those guys in Amendola and just do whatever the hell else you want in your lineup. <laughs> like it's I I personally feel much better um, about rostering one of those guys than I do about the Tampa guys because I don't I don't really think that anybody knows if Watson or Miller is going to end up being uh, you know more heavily involved depending on how they use each of them. Um, I think people are kind of overlooking Perryman personally uh i agree what, he's the guy that i'm playing for tampa bay this week like he's been playing when the rest of the guys were there like so i don't understand this idea of like well, I, justin I don't know. watson I is like uh you know like a metrics guy you know like yeah he's like a spark score yes. whatever the hell but and it, the like fantasy community gets a hard on for those guys so right but he's not even like at first i was like oh he's like he's evans like he must be six five he's six two he's not it's not like he i mean i know he's athletic and whatever but it's not like he's the you know it's it's not just a one for one of like oh it kind of is evans because he's super tall and can jump out of the out of the stadium and catch all these jump balls that's not like people underrate how good mike evans is like, uh, I, I don't know why that's become a thing where, like, yeah. Mike Evans is just a guy now. But, like, if you look at what he's done this year, he's, uh, like, top five in 20-yard catches, top two in 40-yard catches, maybe even first in 40-yard catches. 
yeah. and top two in first down catches. So like because people people want to like act like they're the smartest guy in the room, and when they find a wide receiver too that's talented, which Chris Godwin for sure is talented. They they just have to do the hot take thing. So that's the that's the reason because they they think it's cute on Twitter to get to get retweets by being edgy and saying Chris Godwin is better than Mike Evans. Definitely, definitely edgy. All right. Um, I think that's a, a good way to wrap up the wide receiver position. Let's talk about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? If so, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between the NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football bowl season is starting. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to try to win a lot, go for a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. If you are going to bet this season, do the smart thing and head over to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Once again, promo code ROTOVIZ to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, tight end position. Uh, We now have Travis Kelsey back up to 6,500. He's coming off of a pretty good game last week. He scored a rushing touchdown, believe it or not. Um, And he also had nine targets and seven catches. Is he somebody that you're considering paying up for in cash games? No, like I'm just not going to get there in cash. I'm I'm over paying up uh, for tight ends in cash. But I mean, what's he had? He's had at least seven targets, like going all the way back to the beginning of October. Um, And, you know, he flashed. A little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a ceiling, I guess. This past week with uh, almost a twenty-point game, he just he hasn't had that like just own everything, like complete explosion game that I just feel like he has to have at some point. Um, so so maybe that's this week. Like I'll probably have him on one of my single entry teams, but I I can't I can't justify paying that price in cash. Sixty-five hundred is pretty tough. Um, there are some cheap wide receivers that we like, but if we're paying up for some of those running backs, I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I like the idea of paying up this week, but it's not going to be for Travis Kelsey. Uh, I just think that matchup in Denver is not a particularly good one for him. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would prefer to go with George Kittle for slightly cheaper against Arizona. Or I'm sorry, against Atlanta. Like Kittle, I, I know we all kind of made fun of the fact that he came back and he was playing on a broken leg. Dude looks fine to me, (laughs) you know, like he, uh, he ran really well against the saints. He dominated the Packers two weeks before that. So I will gladly take the discount on him in a superior matchup. I also will stick with my theme of exploiting the Jaguars. And I think Darren Waller is fine. Um, I think his target share has been better since the Hunter Renfro injury. Uh, you know, he played all but two snaps last week. I know that it wasn't a Huge performance against Tennessee, but he still had six catches for 72 yards. I think he could easily improve on that production against the Jaguars. I like it. All right. Uh, let's go down to the, you know, the value slash punt territory. Who there are you looking at? 
I mean, it, it begins and ends with Tyler Higby if Everett's out, right? Yeah, I, I don't know about begins and ends. He's, yeah, he's I not mean, exactly a, a, a true punt play anymore. But 3900 Yeah, that used to be expensive for a tight end. Used to be able to get a nice tight end for like 3K. I mean, last week was just the 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 nut spot with Ian Thomas. Um, I don't. I I believe hey, and Higby if, was the minimum two weeks ago. Yeah, and he he was a smash. What? You, yeah. What are we? Yeah, I That's know. What I'm we saying just, like why, he's 3900. Where, is, it's not like he's 4800 or something. Like he's give still me my under 2500 tight end Jones. That's all I want. Oh, the way man. that you feel about defenses is how I feel about tight ends. <laughs> I'm super pissed that it's 1800 this week too. By the <laughs> way, spoiler alert: I'm going to be really annoyed in the next segment. Um, I, there, there's not a there's not a min play. Um, I know it's sad. It's just I'm just I'm just venting a little. It saddens me a bit. I you're probably right. If if Everett is out, 3900 seems like a bargain given from what we've seen from Higby the last two had, weeks. Was so. he had 19 targets the last two weeks? Yep. Yeah. So. Um, if, if Everett's out, he's, he's the cash, he's the cash play for me this week. Um, I think people are probably, some people are going to play OJ Howard cause he showed a little bit of a pulse last week. Um, but I am, that will be me. I am all, it won't or it will. It will. All this guy does is complain about Jameis Winston's thumb and then says that he's going to play OJ Howard. Just pay. Just find four hundred dollars, dude. Just just pl- okay, play the eighteen hundred dollars. What defense. if what if Everett is in? Is he's my not going to be in? He ha- he hasn't practiced in three weeks. Okay. He hasn't even gotten in a limited practice. You heard it like, here first, Jones or uh, if listeners. He, if he was L.A. If Rams was, beat writer Matt Jones reporting that Gerald Evnett will not play in Week Fifteen. Listen, if he even got like a limited practice, then I'd be like, all right, you know, I, we got to be careful here. But he's he's literally not practiced since week twelve, I think. So like not even limited. So I'm I'm pretty confident that Higby is gonna be the the T E one on the fighting Rams this week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh any love for your boy Austin Hooper in tournaments? No, he actually uh he, he screwed me pretty hard in uh in Scott Fishbowl last week. Because if he wasn't back, I would have played Ted Ginn in advanced. So oh. it was uh, it was a tough scene. I I think I missed. I was in eleventh by like four and a half points. Um, not that I'm bitter about it at all. Um, Sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, I just I don't know. I, I mean, I guess like you could throw a dart if you wanted to, but it's not so, it's not a spot that I'm really like looking to target him. It's either it's either Higby or paying up a little bit more. And getting up to you know to Kittle or whatever, he might be uh he might be somebody I'm looking at as like a correlation play. I already mentioned I like Jimmy G, so like if I'm stacking that that side, if I'm stacking Jimmy Garoppolo, I might run it back with Hooper, uh you know because I think he's gonna come in with low ownership and he's okay, you know six targets last week he just didn't convert a lot of them. So <laughs> <laughs> anybody else we should mention before moving on? Nope. All right. Defense, as usual, we'll keep it simple. Bengals, 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 <laughs> Bengals against dusty ass Tom Brady 
we're going for two pick sixes. Bengals are going to break the slate this week. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the first time that this really, although, you know, last week, who, who was it? Washington was 1,700 that I yeah. played. They had seven points. Like, that's a smash at, for 1,700. You've been doing fine with your cheap defenses, man. It hasn't been a problem. I, I mean, I did get a negative one week, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a great week for paying down at defense because it's hard to go against uh, the Detroit Lions defense against an already fantasy machine of Jameis Winston. Like, the guy is just a walking turnover, and now give him a broken thumb. So, yeah. like, it's hard to knock that for 2300 uh arizona is also popping in the fantasy labs models at 2200 like i'm always fine with rostering a defense against kyler murray although they're a little bit more expensive at 3300 like the defense options are plenty this week so i'm just gonna spread it out and hope that variance is on my side yeah all right that's gonna do it for this edition of on the daily for matt jones who you can find on twitter at matt jones tfr I'm Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily dfs at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at on the daily dfs